Hello, magic seekers, and welcome to It Turns Out She's a Witch. We're your hosts, Laura and Shannon, and, and welcome, welcome to, to our, our podcast coven. our beautiful podcast coven we are back again and joined today by megan quincy from the aquarian method megan has been a practicing psychic for over 10 years accomplished tarot reader and reiki master she's passionate about creating change through connection to spirit giving women power in their day-to-day life and teaching the basics of manifestation so you can live your life on your terms We have so many juicy topics to cover today, and we can't wait to delve into this episode. So welcome to the podcast, Megan. Hello. Thank you so much. I was just telling you guys that this was a manifestation of mine to be on this specific podcast. So I am so, so, so excited to be here. So thank you guys. Oh, we're thrilled to to have you. Yeah. Thank you. Absolutely. (laughs) And my first question that I always ask our guests, what does the word witch mean to you? I love this question. It was really, really reflective for me because, first of all, when I first thought about it, it really was, as soon as I hear the word witch, it's very, like, stereotypical. Like, I did, yeah. you know, sort of see um, a pointy hat and a broomstick and a cauldron um, and I was sort of tapping into why why I thought about that because for, for me really though you know when I really thought about it I think that these days which is a bit of an umbrella term you know it sort of covers anyone who taps into their intuition or uses like the universe or source energy or intention setting um, to become more powerful and abundant in their own lives and really nowadays like they don't look um, a certain way <laughs> you know they don't a, a witch could really if we're looking at it in those terms could really be anyone um, but it was weird to think back to why like a witch was um, you know shown that imagery of a witch right and I wanted to get your guys opinion on this because back then you know, back when all when back in the era when the witch was was a bad thing or a negative thing, she really was depicted to be like sort of ugly and mean. Mm. And they it was almost like a way to keep women particularly small or not connecting to that energy because we, they didn't want to be seen as ugly or they didn't want to be seen as mean. Do you know what I mean? So it's mm. almost like it's a it, it's a it's a way that they were able to really hold power over women by being like if you're a witch you're ugly if you're a witch you know you're a bad mean person so that deflected a lot of people from standing into that true power based on imagery like that it was really weird like I deep dived heaps um yeah it's so That's true weird. though you know for hundreds of years witches were well regarded and they were well respected and then for hundreds uh, of years they were feared and suppressed and the burning burnt times. at the stake and That's all right. of that um and they were feared um yeah and as as a woman like you know that taking away or having like a not a monopoly over us but you know you didn't want to be like that because then came the era of like, well, you need to find a husband and you need to, yeah. you know, and if you were practicing uh, what they would have called witchcraft or whatever, you would have been ugly and then you would never have found a partner. And it was just funny the way you would that, have been burned at the stake too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can't have that. That was the big thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the way that it all plays into, into um, keeping us small, really. Mm-hmm. Well, I think um, we have talked about this on the podcast before, like the church had a lot to do with that depiction of making them seem um, evil and to be despised and to be hunted down and to be um, associated with the devil. And so all of those things Mm. um, like 
the pointy hat, which we did go into a few episodes ago mm-hmm. about the history okay, of it, right. it was very much associated with devil devil worshipping and okay. painting them in that light so that yes. um, that they were vilified really. Um, yes. Yeah. And, and they've so gone. you stayed away from that, like, yeah. Yeah, definitely because it would have been, um, you know, to be even seen playing with herbs or, you know, working with those old ancient healing ways uh, I think a lot of women back then would have abandoned it because it would have been too dangerous exactly. because yeah. if anyone knew that you did that it'd be so easy to be called a witch and, and burned and, mm. and killed um yeah so it's it's a I big know. one it's a big yeah. one we're go- mm. I know we're going to talk about past lives a little bit later but um that really comes up a lot with a lot of clients that I work with, mm, which I'll, I'll talk about. I'll save Ooh. that. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would love yeah. to get into that one. Yeah, good absolutely. <laughs> um, so <laughs> let's move on to um, ceremonies and rituals, mm. and how important are they in your own life? Yeah, very important. Um, very, very big part of my daily life and my daily practice Mm. um for me ritual and ceremony really helped um I suppose rewire my mindset in a way um you know um (laughs) let let me get my words together okay um it's a bit loaded (laughs) yeah but it's 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 loaded in the most beautiful way and yeah I think because it's such an important thing to do I sort of want to do it justice because um I just think it's such a powerful thing that people can have in their lives yeah um so for me personally you know really did as I was saying like really did rewire my mindset Um, and because when you can sort of have a ritual or you're setting an an intention through ritual or ceremony and you really believe that it works, um, that belief sort of turns into your truth and that truth becomes your reality. And Mm -hmm. it's such a great manifestation tool in that way that, um, you know, it's really, really important. It's a really almost life changing, <laughs> a oh, life changing thing. Super um, powerful. Yeah. And setting those intentions really helps to, I suppose, tell the universe um, what it is that you want very specifically and what energy you're calling in specifically. Where if you're not doing that or that's not a part of your life, um, you're sort of losing control just even in your day-to-day around what's going to happen to you. So um, for me, it's very, 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 very important and a great manifestation tool. I also think I was having this conversation with my husband um, just earlier and um, he's he's a little bit more religion-based, so he's into, like, Christianity and things like that. So I think the importance of ritual and ceremony in in religion or culture, no matter what that religion is, um, just to have something that brings you hope, um, you know, whether it be through prayer or a- any way that you want to do it, people that use ceremonial rituals seem to be a little bit more optimistic. <laughs> they seem yeah. to have hope. They seem to have a stronger sense of self and connection to source, whatever source means to you, whether that be God or anything, you know, mm. um, and that can never be a bad thing, you know, mm. and, and I find people that aren't using it sort of feel a little bit more um, like they're floating or a little bit more unanchored. Um, so that's why I think it's a very, very important practice and a very helpful practice in so many facets of your Mm -hmm. life. Um, it's such, such a big one and a good one to do. Mm. Perfect. (laughs) So So many, yes, so well put. So many good points you bring up there. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Definitely. And I know this is a witch podcast, but it's so true about, um, religion being beautiful no matter yeah what someone's belief system is it's mm. it is that gateway I guess to having connection with a higher a higher yeah. entity or a yeah hope as you said Abs- absolutely absolutely um and I think that sort of is the the running thread that brings us all together it doesn't really matter which way you um practice it whether it be through 
spell work or, you know, any other witch or tarot kind of thing, at the end of the day, the basis of it is still quite similar. Um, mm. It's that faith-based yeah. Yeah. You know, network. Exactly. And love and and power and, and a belief and an understanding that things are going to work out. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Much. You must yeah. have some interesting conversations with your husband being yeah. more of a Christian-based um, mm-hmm. faith and <laughs> with all your history, um, yeah. with all the stuff you've got going on and your practices. <laughs> that must be yeah. awesome. I love that. It is really awesome and I'm so glad you say that. I, I do work with a lot of women who um, come from a Christian faith or have Christian partners who are very... Um, not open to what they do Uh like you know can't have tarot cards in the house and things like that and I suppose I've been really lucky um in that regard that but to be you know what to be honest we don't see what we do as very different and I think that's where it comes from you know the word it doesn't need to be can be interchanged yeah I think so when we do do a lot of like looking at sermons or I don't know even we listen to 98.9 98.9 light FM, which is like a Christian <laughs> radio here. All the music, it's all very, very similar to what I do anyway. Like mm. it's all very, very relatable. It's all about having a higher force or a higher power and understanding. Um, mm. Just, yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it, it, I don't see it as that different and, and he doesn't either and it does make for beautiful conversation and just about how important it is to have that ritual or that belief in your life that there is something more, you know, um, whether that be the universe or manifestation or God or, you know, your prayers answered through God, whether where I believe like my higher self and universe mm. answer my manifestation intentions. It's the same mm. thing. It's just the, the wording. In um, essence, can be, it's the same, essence, isn't it? Yeah, it's exactly. Just, it's yeah. when it gets um, interpreted and misinterpreted and then yeah. enforced. Um, yeah, fear-based. Because stuff. someone else's interpretation. Yeah. yeah. That's right. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's really, it's, it's, it is really, really cool. Mm. <laughs> and so, Megan, you have an offering called the Aquarian Method. Can you tell us about what this involves? Yes, I would love to um, talk about what that involves. Yes, please. <laughs> Thank you for, for asking me. Um, so the Aquarian Method is really, um, I suppose, what I would call like a marrying up of two powerful forces that I think are within us and they are spirituality and manifestation so I think that they go hand in hand spirituality and manifestation and I think this program really is about um enhancing or lighting up those those two parts of you um, yeah, marrying them up to create a little bit more power within your life. Um, so it's a seven-week live program and we um, sort of take you through a few various spiritual modalities. So modalities I would call, you know, things like spirit guides, past lives, epigenetics, the Akashic records. We have a lot of ritual, a lot of ceremony. We do do a little bit of spell work. Um, we have Reiki (laughs) as well. (laughs) Um, but you know, we take all these modalities that I've just sort of mentioned and we do use them as self-development tools in a way. Um, but also we use them for co-creation and manifestation. Um, or lately I've been trying to sort of move away from those words because I think even the word manifestation or co-creation can can cause a bit of a resistance or an automatic block in some people, like yeah. manifestation. Like so people, true. Pe- yeah, it, people already get their backs up and, and we're sort of off on the wrong foot already. So maybe it's more about um, experience creating or what you want to experience in your life or what experiences you're trying to call in for yourself, I suppose, might be a more... Um, I don't know, loving, loving term instead of, instead of using a buzzword like manifestation. Um, 
so yeah, it's getting, it's really, it's, it's about using your spiritual spirituality, um, along with sort of, I suppose, going back to the basics of manifestation techniques to really step you up in your power or level up your life a little bit. Um, yeah, it's just, it's all about realizing that you can have, be, do anything that you want and actually getting to a place where you believe that so you can step up and step out and create what it is that you're um, wanting to experience in your life. So awesome. Um, Mm. When did you create this method and how did it impact your own life? And tell us how you came up with the name. So awesome. Yes. Okay. Um, I'll start with the name first. Um, So the Aquarian method, um, the Aquarian method came came about because we've just gone through um, like a bit of an astrological <laughs> event yeah. Yeah. Um, where we've moved out of the age of Pisces and now into the age of Aquarius. Mm-hmm. Um, so that happened. I mean, no one, we can't say for sure when that happened. It's about every 2,000 years we go through a, a shift like this um, and but we can probably think that it's, it happened around the year 2000. Uh, t- <laughs> Sorry. 2000 <laughs> and. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 20, 2020. Oh, okay. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so very recently, it's a very, yeah. very yeah. recent thing, probably around when COVID and all that sort of hit where uh-huh. people were forced okay. to sort of reflect on their lives a little bit. And we it's did start shift. to see, yeah, a lot of those foundations that we held very true to ourselves, like a very, like a nine to five, like you go to the office and you work nine to five or um, that sort of stuff. We saw a lot sort of uh, dissolve in that capacity and it gave us as a collective the opportunity to see things through a different lens. Um, And that was a very Aquarian lens where we actually realised that there were different ways to do things. And uh, the Aquarian method is all about, you know, realising that you don't have to go and see a tarot reader for advice. You don't have to go and see a psychic or you don't have to have someone read your Akashic records for you. You are actually very powerful within yourself and you can do all that for yourself. It's mm. it's getting rid of this reliance on on the system. I mean, I'm, I don't, you know, that sort of thing. It, it's believing that there's not one set group of people who hold a specific power or a gift. We all do. Um, mm. And it's about using everything that's available to you to enhance your life instead of going to someone else. Self-empowerment. Um, yes. Mm. Thank you. Great work. Yeah, <laughs> self, self-empowerment. That's that's exactly what it is and that's what we want and that as a collective is what we're sort of moving moving towards. Uh, it's really the, the breaking down the age of Aquarius is really about breaking down all those old pillars of structure and power and uh, bringing that back within to ourselves mm. and um, which is how the name came it. up <laughs> yes yeah. which is fantastic you know and and there is you know we all chose to came to to be here at this time um having this human experience in this lifetime so yeah it's, it was definitely on all of our cards so I would I would lean into it you know um it's all it's all there for a reason um but how it how it came about um I don't think I've been asked this question. Well, there was something about the way that you asked this question that really, um, yeah, really hit home. I've spoken a little bit about how it came about, but um, not to the sort of depth that I felt like I wanted to share today. So if that's Mm -hmm. okay. Oh, please. (laughs) Of course. We're all sort of leaning in a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because it, it... you know, I just thank you guys because it really did give me the opportunity to reflect on how far I've come. And I think in any manifestation or any um, experience that you're creating in your life, you you can get you can get caught up. And it was nice to have a moment to reflect and think like, fuck, mm. wow, you know, um, especially a lot of change. For, yeah, and 
when we change, we do let go of various versions of ourselves. Um, and it wasn't something I suppose that I'd visited in a long time because it's just not something that I can identify or a story that I can relate to. Yeah, it makes sense. Anymore in my experience. Mm. Anyway, okay, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it was about two or three years ago, I was in a very, very different spot. Um, I was very, very broke. Um, and I'm talking about to sign like bankruptcy forms. Um, I had not a very great relationship with my partner. I had a job that was incredibly draining and stressful. Um, I was angry all the time. I was probably very depressed, um, very tired. It was just, you know, it just wasn't, it wasn't a good time. Mm. Um, and I sort of reached this tipping point where it was like very much sink or swim. It was very, it was going to go one way or another. Um, and I decided to sort of you know, I, I gathered up all my strength um, and I really had to make a choice, you know, and that choice that I made was I refused to let this be my life anymore. I refused to live like this. Um, and suddenly, like, just making that choice, there was some sort of power, you know, suddenly I had an intention or I had a focus that was going to change. I'd made a very strong and dedicated choice to myself that, that things were going to change. Um, so, you know, I think probably like heaps of us when the secret came out, (laughs) you know, like I had dabbled around in manifestation, like in my teens and in my twenties and stuff. Is that, is that the same as you guys? (laughs) Yes, definitely. (laughs) Whether you you realize what you're doing or not, that's what you're doing. Exactly. Yeah. So I, you know, I had the Rhonda Byrne book or whatever, and, um, I was very much into it and I, and I genuinely believed it. And I think, you know, that's the thing with manifestation and you know, I genuinely believed that it worked. Um, but for some reason, um, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't really working for me. Like, you Mm. know, I just, I could, I couldn't, I couldn't get my, my head around it, but because I'd made this choice that I was going to change my life and giving up wasn't an option. I decided to sort of deep dive a little bit more and be like, well, what, why is it not working for me? What's going on? Um, because it does work. Oprah says it works. You know, like all, <laughs> it must be true. All the, yeah, all these people are using it with great success and I wanted in on it. So there was no way that I wasn't going to get to that place or space, um, which is where I started deep diving into energetics and frequencies. And I suppose the energy that we give out aside just from that very basic what they teach you in the secret, you know, um, which is really never going to work because you, you, you have to, you have to understand the energetics of what your body's doing and what your mind's doing and, and, and your thoughts and stuff. And, and that's where I started finding out about, you know, the energetics that we hold from past lives or epigenetics, um, or even just subconscious programs and limiting beliefs, um, and things like that, I I started realizing that it was so much more than what I was actually doing. So I just started doing the work just on my own because I was desperate to get out of my situation. I I committed to it and I did so much healing and clearing and sort of getting my auric field all good and like all my yeah. energetics cleared out. Um, and once I started doing that, literally everything changed. Um it's funny. The first thing that changed was I very quickly lost my job. <laughs> so, uh, I got, I got fired very randomly. Wow. Um, and because I did that, we were already, that happened to me. We were already in huge financial stress. Um, we had to sell our family home. And, you know, I think when things like that happen automatically, people are like, Oh my God, this isn't working. This, this is really bad, like, and then they give up. But what's actually really happening there is there's there's a shift and there's a growth and there's a movement and it's letting go of the outcome of how you think that is going, 
how your manifestation or how you're going to get out of the situation and have a new experience is going to come about to you. You've got to trust the universe that it's all divine and precise and it knows what it's doing probably in a way that is more than you. Um, Mm. So, yeah, looking back on it, getting fired and having to sell on our house as I started to do this work could have been something to derail me and make me give up, but I'd made that choice and and it didn't. So Mm. we moved and I decided uh, to start uh, a tarot reading and a Reiki business because I was qualified in that. And had I not lost my job, I probably wouldn't have been looking a job what I hated anyway, you know, I hated that job, <laughs> but I, I was now in a position to be able to think about, well, what else do I want to do? So I started doing tarot readings and Reiki healings. And I thought that that was going to be it. I thought that was what my business was going to be. Um, but as I was doing those tarot readings, I was having people come to me and, you know, they would ask me, when am I going to meet my partner or when am I going to get this job that I want? And it saddened me because I understood that people can co-create and people have power. And I didn't sort of understand why they were coming to me, a tarot reader and relying on the cards to give them answers Mm. that they actually had within themselves, the ability to create which is why I created the Aquarian Method. I sort of thought, you know, I want to be of service to people. I don't want them to have to go to a tarot reader and think that they can't, you know, that they're waiting for something. Don't wait. Go out and make it, create it, you know. Um, I wanted to really give people their power back, very passionate about it, which is how the Aquarian Method started. Yes. That's beautiful. (laughs) often people don't realize they're completely unaware of the power they hold they need guides and mentors and teachers to unlock Mm -hmm. those abilities they have within themselves yeah I totally agree and it's one of the hardest hurdles to get over is to actually and god this is just how far away we've we've walked from it all as a collective you know to believe in yourself or to to (laughs) actually dream to have a dream or to have a goal, my biggest hurdle is people say, oh, I, I don't know, I don't know what I want to do, I don't know what I want to be. Like they can't even let themselves dream about the life that they actually really want or then believe that they're worth that, you know. Don't even um, know there's another way to live. Yeah, that's yeah. right, that's right. And, God, there is such a good way to live. You know? <laughs> like there really, there really, really yeah. is. Um, and yeah, if I, I, that's just, yeah, I just want to be able to give that to people, just that that shift and that understanding of how powerful and important they are, and that their situation doesn't uh, mean that that's their long term narrative. Mm-hmm. You know, that they have the option to change. Um, their story and and yeah it is a bit of work to be honest and it's not Mm -hmm. how the secret would have you believe that it just gonna knock on your door Um, but it's worth it you know and it's very a a very joyful experience through the process as well. Mm -hmm. I think it's having that realization too I know myself with my own journey is that energy is real like it is so real and your intentions really are everything and that's where your life kind of shoots forth from what you are vibrating at I think when I realized that I was like holy shit (laughs) because I had a a moment um oh would have been quite some time ago now maybe eight years but I wasn't in a a great space either mentally and same kind of thing like really not passionate about the work I was doing anymore and feeling super, super stuck and like I cannot get out of this, I can't change. And then that kind of flowed into everything else where it was just a shit fight every day, felt like a shit fight. And, um, yeah, yeah, and until I actually had someone say to me, um, wow, you're being so negative. And I was like, what? I'm not negative. I'm not a negative person. (laughs) And it was like this real kick in the ass. And I, and I had to sit there and and kind of look, I thought, oh my God, like I have gotten into this, um, Mm. cycle Mm. of waking up with anxiety (laughs) and, 
yeah, feeling like everything was a massive effort. And like, I know like people go through shit, but I sometimes mm. feel like the shit is to make you pivot and to make you yeah. change course. Yeah. Um, I feel like you look at it. That's it. Yeah. I feel like if you didn't get uncomfortable, you wouldn't change. <laughs> That's so. exactly what we call like the contrast. Like, and it's actually really important to have those moments in your life because you need to contrast between what you do want and what you don't want. And even leaning into those really shitty times, mm. um, but then releasing them and saying, you know, that's that, that happened and it made me realise this and now I'm going to let that go and I'm going to choose to release it and not let it become a part of my narrative, which is what you were saying, like when it does become a part of your narrative, it, you are that person like everything mm, everything you, you think and that. say yeah you identify as it all just being a bit shit um <laughs> but if we can be like yeah you know ha- really have that moment and feel it and I think that's the other crappy thing that people sort of think about manifestational co-creations is you've got to be as happy thoughts got to be positive and sort of mm. override oh, all that yeah. negativity which isn't the case like feel feel all those things but then get rid of it you know release it yeah Um, yeah that's right don't suppress it yeah no Mm. (laughs) because acknowledge it yeah Mm. acknowledge it and then you gotta let it then you gotta let it go Um, absolutely it's funny Tracy and I um just the other night we're recording an episode on the for the other podcast. Turns out she's yes. psychic about spiritual awakenings and there's a lot yeah. of talk about it often happens when there's little other choice or nowhere else mm. to go and you start yes. sort of looking for deeper meetings or, you know, exploring different avenues of um, finding faith or building faith or, you know, yeah. everything you've done up until that point hasn't worked. So what? what next, where do you go, what do you listen to and that sort of thing and it's. Uh, that's such, yeah, that's such a good point, such a good point. It's always when there's nowhere else to go, it's time to change course. Mm. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I know we've touched on um, briefly you were talking about the Akashic Records but can you let our listeners that may not be aware of what they are and what can the Akashic records reveal to us? Yeah, absolutely absolutely. So um the Akashic records are basically what I would call an energetic library. Um, so Akasha, it's a Sanskrit word, which means ether or space. Um, and when I say energetic library, um, I really mean uh, it's almost like energetic imprints, right? Like every every thought or feeling or word or step that we've taken, like whatever experience that we've had in every capacity, um, past, present or future is stored in this ether, in Akasha, <laughs> um, for us to be able to access and use Um the reason that people are so I don't know about, about you guys, but when I when I talk about the Akashic records, people say to me, "Oh, that's it's so funny because I, I'm just starting to hear about the Akashic records now." Um, you know, oh, I first heard about the Akashic records about two years ago, or I don't know. It seems to be something that's popping up into people's realities, sort of more lately than than a long-term thing (laughs) even though they've been around since forever they have and the reason that we're hearing about it now is very much because of that shift in the age of Aquarius right so so that used to be that the people that access the records so before I was talking about that sort of power or pillars um in that Piscean age that have now fallen down. Um, if I'm if I'm going too fast, I can backtrack. But um, you, <laughs> were, you know how I was like, you know, in the Piscean age it was very much there was a, a group of people that sort of held that power and, and it wasn't that everyone was powerful. It was that you would go and see that powerful person to then tell you, you know, whatever. So mm-hmm. um, the people that used the records were, I suppose, what you would... Sort of like more enlightened beings, right? 
Um, and as a collective now, we are enlightened. We've we've passed, you know, we, we're all pretty much awake. We, we get it. We've done all the self-development work. And now we're really able to be in a time where things like the Akashic Records are open and available for all of us to, to utilise. Um, and you say, um, you know, what kind of information or what why like why would you use the records mm. and really um for for literally any for literally anything, <laughs> anything you could think everything. of yeah that's not that's to do with you you know we don't want to be going opening records and looking around at other people's stuff no. um mm-hmm. but for for ourselves for our own personal growth and expansion um you can use them for anything to get information about something um, or, oh, so my goodness, like, for example, the business, uh, like I could go up into the Akashic Records and open up uh, what you would call a, a record or, you know, almost like a library book. You would go in into a hall and, and find all these files of anything and everything you could ever imagine and I could actually download my next course through the Akashic Records. Does that make sense? Like, or I makes could... sense. It's just hard to fathom. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it really it is really powerful. And and I sort of struggled uh, with that a little bit at the start because I I was so used to working with my spirit guides and relying on them or like my higher self or whatever to to give me information Um, and I couldn't quite get my head around why I would use the Akashic records or Mm, for what purpose. Um, But really that, that realm of Akasha is the, the highest, the highest plane that you could ever get to the, the energy is so pure. And when people go into it, it's not uncommon that they feel very overwhelmed in, with emotion because it is just such a beautiful experience to be in, a very powerful experience, a very pure experience, and everything that you receive from there is straight from the source. Whereas when you're working with guides, um, they can sometimes muddle what they're trying to say or they're, they're trying their best to give you, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, this, but you're sort of interpreting it. You're like, oh, what does that mean? Um, and, and doing your best. Whereas when it comes from Akasha, it's, it's incredibly um, clear and, wow. and you just sort of, you just sort of get it. So uh, we also give people when they come through the program, the opportunity um so you learn how to go up there yourself and you can. Yeah, I was about to say that. Is yeah. it access through meditation mm. or mm, it is we journeying do. or. There's so many different ways people can do it. And that's what I love about spirituality and what I try and teach is there is no one way to get mm. in or, or to do it. Um, it'll be what works for you. I personally teach people through just a guided meditation, but it's not fancy. It's not sitting for three hours. It sounds like it should be fancy. It, doesn't it? I <laughs> yeah. know. And that's why I think a lot of people get turned off. And that was me too at the start trying to access the records. And then you get really frustrated and mm. I'm not spiritual. I can't do it. I, there's a block. They're not going to let me open them. But I literally just talk with my voice and I don't muck around and I'm not going to let your logical mind take over and start to panic and think all this shit Mm. you can get you know you can get up and down do what you need to do um it's a very simple streamlined process um I don't think I've had anyone that hasn't been able to get in um, and gather the information that they need um so yeah it is it is a guided meditation but there are all different ways and once you feel comfortable with it you'll create your own method just in your own ritual you know there it doesn't doesn't really matter but I think we all need at the start someone to help give us that confidence and and validation before we can sort of go off on our on our own oh that Mm. reminds me speaking of which before we started recording I think it was about the Akashic Records you were sharing with us how you initially were learning about them and finding out about them and getting introduced to them Mm. so I um 
when I first started, you know, wanting wanting to make this change that I, I talked about, one of the things that I would do is I would just walk. Like every day I would put on my headphones and I would just walk and I'd listen to all different things um, like, I don't know, Abraham Hicks. And, and yeah. um, one of the things I, was, I would listen to was I'd just pick different spiritual podcasts. And I just found one one day from Teresa, the tarot lady who you guys have just interviewed. We did. Um, yeah. <laughs> the tarot lady. <laughs> the tarot lady who, who I love actually. But no, you know what it was? I found her because I had actually... Um, not Google. Do you know when you look for a podcast and you can type in keywords? Search. I had, yep. yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> that's a very um, difficult word. <laughs> yeah, um, the Akashic Records was what oh, I had put okay. in, and she came up because she had had a guest speaker that was coming onto her podcast to talk mm-hmm. about the Akashic Records, and um, that was really the first time. I was interested in it and I wanted to learn more about it. So I used her podcast as a way to to learn more and actually ended up the person that was on that podcast talking about the Akashic Records, I ended up hiring to be my coach. Um, So it's this weird full circle moment that I'm on your guys' podcast talking about the Akashic Records after (laughs) you've just done Teresa, who I learnt uh, yeah, it's just yeah, it wow. a very beautiful um, synchronicity. Sort of nudge. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I love that. Thank <laughs> you for sharing that with everybody. It's so cool. Yeah, it's really cool. <laughs> um, so do you feel our past lives can really impact the current one that we are living? And if so, how can this manifest for some people? Yeah. Um I absolutely believe that they can. Um, And you touched before on, you know, your own experience with understanding that everything is energy. Um, And really when we break it down, um, and I'm just really starting to, I'm actually going to do a diploma in quantum physics. Mm. I've just just signed up and because it's really when we start breaking it down everything is energy but also energy can never be destroyed like Mm. it's just it's impossible and we know now science is really starting to catch up um with with that yeah I I know you guys are going to ask me about about a (laughs) quote and I was going to have do you know the Aaron Freeman quote why you want a physicist to speak at your funeral have you heard of that? I've one? heard no. of that. Yeah. Yeah, it's I decided not to go with it. <laughs> but um, it is beautiful though. Yeah, it's a really beautiful piece uh, from a physicist that talks about how on an energetic level we just can't possibly not exist anymore. We may change all energy can do is change its its form, yeah. but to not exist um it's you know, quantum physically <laughs> yeah. impossible. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, yeah, there is a lot of science. The science come out now about how past lives and and I suppose research, people are actually putting money into research, which is great for us because we want it to be become wider understood, you know, um, that that we do bring with us energetics from our past lives. Um and the way that this can manifest for some people. So before we were talking about um, witches being burnt at the stake, so yeah. many of my clients, when we do past life regressions or when we're trying to say they want to start a spiritual business or become a spiritual entrepreneur, um, but they're sort of struggling for some for some reason, it's just not working out for them, We can we can look at what the energetic block is around that and why, and then we can move forward from it. Yeah. Like we can release and move forward. So, so often these women um, have had past lives, you know, not specifically in like Massachusetts, like, you know, not specifically from Salem, but very much coming from that era and holding on to in their current energetic bodies um, that, oh, Sorry, a big stick just fell oh, wow. in front of me. I know. Oh, um, it did. Yeah, at oh, that God. moment. <laughs> um, 
they're fear holding of being on to seen the, or... a fear of being seen and a fear that something bad is going to happen to them or they're going to be judged or persecuted yeah. or laughed mm. at and ridiculed if they stand in their power as a spiritual person. And I think that's something that so many of us that do do this work have had to battle um, because there would have been a point in our lives, uh, past lives, that we're still holding on to that we need to clear that keeps us small because it's safe. It's safe mm. to be small. It's safer to not be seen. It's safer not to spread your message of <laughs> witchcraft and wizardry because you, and still even to this day, you know, that is a very, a uh, hot topic for a lot of people. Um, so people are still moving oh, absolutely. through that. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Outside of podcast land or, you know, mm. the, the mm. sort of genres where this conversation is welcomed, it's still really misunderstood, yeah. misinterpreted um, yes. and seen as, even as quite soft. But I've always mm. found the world of spirituality to be fairly hardcore, you know, if you're not yeah. willing to, um, you know, really acknowledge some truths you're not going to go anywhere (laughs) yeah I I totally agree with you it's it's big work to take Mm. on and it's important work to take on it's Um, held throughout the process but it still requires a lot of input and action from yourself to sort of accept those truths that's it's so true and and a lot of people would say that you're giving your power a way almost like you have to step outside of yourself and especially with with when yeah like to, to do that kind of work or you're not you're sort of not looking at yourself you're relying on someone else or something else to help you um but it's mm. totally the opposite it's like it only comes from within you know yeah. all, all of what we do comes from from within and it's the most powerful thing that you can do Um, And a lot of people, and I know we're getting off topic, but like, (laughs) you know, there's happiness to be found in doing the work. Um, Like we talked about with ritual and intention setting, you know, that generally it it gets you in a space that's more positive and more happy. and, and, And I think people what's the problem with that <laughs> you know yeah. why, why do people feel the need to disregard um something that's making someone feel really positive and happy and joyful and in control of their lives you know yeah. um it's such a weird contradiction um it's slowly slowly like you said more and more people are waking up and that's just mm. a process isn't it this thing doesn't happen overnight Mm. That's exactly exactly right. It is a process, and if we were all to wake up at the at the one time, <laughs> wow, <laughs> but, you know, yeah, that's exactly right. Um, I don't, yeah, um, but yeah, the world's so, not ready for that. No, it's really, it's not because it does it does take it does take time, and maybe we're looking at like you know really another two thousand years to have that next movement astrologically mm. to to move it out. But, um, yeah, so our past lives, just to go back, <laughs> definitely can impact our current realities based on what it is that we're still holding on to mm. energetically to answer your question. Yeah. Very <laughs> nicely <laughs> done. Thank you. Definitely. You just brought that all the way back in again. Thank you, Megan. <laughs> <laughs> and we've spoken about ancestors a lot on the podcast, but can you speak to us about epigenetics? Mm. Yeah. Um, Epigenetics is another really good one that is getting a really good run. (laughs) Um, Yeah, like scientifically and research-based, again, which is really great. Um, So there's a lot of research that's starting to come out at the moment that, um, you know, when when we have offspring or when we have children, uh, you know, a lot of our like gene coding or DNA is given to them. And it's it's very physical in that way, like eye colour, hair colour, mm-hmm. height comes from our ancestral gene coding. Like that's a very understood and yeah. accepted belief um but what they're now starting to look at too is like a, i suppose a more a, a cognitive or emotional level what's passed down to us in that same gene coding or in a in a gene tagging sort of system how we would uh take on 
sort of traumas or emotions from our ancestors as well. Mm. Um, so it's really fantastic research for anyone that wanted to look into it. Really, um, you know, the studies that they're doing uh, now to sort of to prove it, I mean, we're still starting off and we've still got a, a lot to go, but, you know, um, for example, like uh, Holocaust survivors uh, who've gone on to have children or prisoners of war who have gone on to have children who have sort of suffered uh, a very trauma, a huge amount of trauma in their lives, you know, their offspring and even their offspring's offspring, how their brains actually look different in terms of flight or fight response or cortisol levels of stress in the brain versus someone who didn't have that sort of trauma in in their lives so um you know interesting yeah Mm. like there's a good one that about like rats when they were testing on rats like they would give them um, the smell of cherry blossom but at the same time you know administer a, a pain something that would cause a pain response so obviously as we know how these experiments go every time they saw or smelt a cherry blossom they would start to uh, wait for the for the pain to start or for the, wow. for the bad thing to happen. And what they saw was they, you know, though they those rats had babies and then those babies had babies. And when those babies' babies smelt cherry blossom, they would have the exact same response to fear that wow. the original ones would mm. have. So it's a very interesting um period of research that we're going through. But what it shows us is that again in our energetic bodies or just in our, even in our mindsets and our responses to things can often not be our own. And I don't think that that's something that we really consider um, looking deeper and doing healing and clearing work around, I suppose, what would be passed down generational um, trauma or uh, emotion or perhaps we're very anxious and maybe you know that fight or flight response is turned on um through through something that's been passed down to us if that mm. makes sense yeah it's <laughs> massive the study of when you think of about that. it yeah it's a yeah. growing area as well even just mm. in the last few generations you think about you know first and second world wars that most of the world experienced and yeah yeah different like yeah, wow. When you start thinking back, when, it's, when you it's think not that back, many generations. That, that's yeah. right. And I think, you know, there's a lot a lot to say about that. Um, there was a time really that I'm sure each person could trace back that there has been quite a big period of trauma um, yeah. through war or through famine or through the depression or through, uh, you know, so many different facets Um that would sort of make sense, um, you know, in, even in terms of like uh, lack mindset or like having yeah. a poverty mindset and things like that, where that might originally come from just genetically that we're holding mm-hmm. on to. Self-worth, um, you know, how many, yeah. like it's so common for people to carry such low self-worth without even having reasons in their own life as to why that would be. Right, exactly, exactly. And I, and I think that's where, you know, that, that message of, of hope can come back because often, you know, it's not, it's not you. Like people mm-hmm. think, you know, what's wrong with me? Like what have I done, blah, yeah. blah, blah. And it's like, no, like, you know, often, yeah, there, there are things that are given to us that we haven't, you know, specifically picked up ourselves or asked for. And it's really we can go through this process of handing that baggage back. But in the same way, they ancestors and our epigenetics can give us really great stuff. It doesn't have to be, you know, it's I, all of it. The light and yeah, the dark. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. There is there is real good that comes from it that we can celebrate being given as well. Um yeah. I'm glad you brought that up too, because that's easy to forget, isn't it? It, it is. Yeah, I agree. Mm. Megan I can also see from your website you offer six monthly money tarot readings do you have a particular card that is a favorite like when you see you do a little happy dance oh I do I would love to know what your favorite (laughs) style of deck is to use yeah so I'm traditional 
I I I learned on my rider weight deck, mm-hmm. and that's the deck that I use. I very rarely um, move from that, to be honest. I just mm. I like that one. That's the one I use. Um, and for me, it's the Ten of Cups. I have it here. Look. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, I love the Ten of Cups. Uh, that's always very symbolic for me of like happy ever after, okay. um, blessings coming true, um, all that good stuff. The imagery on that card uh, is so beautiful. It's It really is a happy ending. There's a little house. really Celebratory sort yeah, of. Yeah, and that's, I think too there's this, sort of misconception that if you believe in manifestation or if you're working with manifestation that you're after you know billions of dollars and a yacht and (laughs) um whatever you know and I think for a lot of people now what I see coming through and is true for me as well it's really just the simple things like having that blessing like this this card you know it's about family life and it's about owning owning your own home and having freedom and power through financial means but what that what that means to you as an individual maybe that's just you know um you yeah, being able to buy your own home and decorate it the way that you want like how mm. powerful that is or being able to take your kids away on a holiday um yeah it's the simple things yeah that's a blessing right like you know that's that's a blessing and if you want to go further and further and harder and harder and create more and more that totally like that's fine but for a lot of people it really is the essence of that 10 of cups card which is really yeah blessings and and those little dreams like coming true and into fruition and the, and the happy ever afters um, that I think are really important for people um, these days. Perfect. I think that's my new favourite card. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it's such a sweet little card. It's just, yeah, it's, it's lovely. And, Megan, is there a particular quote that resonates with you deeply and would you mind reading it out to our listeners? Yeah, so... As I mentioned before, I was going to use yeah. the, um, <laughs> the the Aaron Friedman quote um, about you want a physicist to speak at your funeral because I think it just embodies everything that um, that we've been talking about. But I actually, <laughs> I couldn't pronounce some of the words. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll leave that one. Uh, you know, it, it is very, it's quite scientific in its uh, mm-hmm. in its delivery. <laughs> Maybe we'll do a little Insta post about that one for you. Great idea. (laughs) Uh, But I I had another one, which was just the classic um, Henry Ford one, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. And I remember hearing that as a teenager um, and it sort of like blew my mind a little bit. Um, It was one of the first times I really started to understand that the power behind my intention and just my thought process, um, there is literally nothing I can't do or that anyone can't do. And if, you know, if you're going to think that you can't do it, then that's going to become your reality. So it was just retraining myself um, to, to believe, you know, in the power of possibility instead of automatically putting it, oh, I can't do that, you know, um, So, yeah, I think that's a really powerful one. Sure is. It's so simple, but it's so true. And I remember the first few times I heard that or I read that, I was like, whatever, that's really silly. And then, you know, you have to read it a few times and then maybe with a bit more maturity on my behalf, it took on Mm. the actual meaning. I, you know, finally dropped for me. I was like, oh. Isn't that so funny? I totally, totally, that's right. And it's not until we sort of have moved out of that ego Mm. phase that things start to hit at a different at a different totally. level. Yep. Yeah. yeah. It can surround you your whole life, but you have to be ready to absorb that, yeah. you know, for yourself. That's right. All right. It's Divine Tool of the Week, Megan. Each week we ask our guests to share something with our listeners. Um, so yes. is there anything in particular that you love working with in Ritual? Yes, actually. Um, so I love working with cinnamon. Um, oh yeah <laughs> spicy and, yeah, 
<laughs> it is a bit. Um, when it was one of the first spells that I'd ever done, actually, maybe even the first spell I've ever done that my coach, who actually was that person that I was talking to you about okay. that I got from the Akashic Records, I wanted to do one of her programs, um, you know, and like do a, do a program, do a course with her and it was X amount of money. And at the time I didn't, didn't have a lot of money. Um, and she gave me a spell. Uh, it was a cinnamon money spell and I did it and I, I got the money. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That was a really powerful one for me. And so because of that experience, I use cinnamon in my, oh my gosh. Oh my goodness! I I burn it in the house like mm-hmm. cinnamon oil. Um, you can sprinkle cinnamon in your wallet to sort of increase abundance. So cinnamon is great for abundance. Um, so you can do that. You can like get cinnamon sticks and write, I don't know, abundance on it and plant mm. it in your garden. There's so much that you can do with cinnamon that is very very powerful, and it has definitely worked for me in so many different capacities this one I would really recommend to adding into mm, your rituals in, if you're not doing it already yeah <laughs> cinnamon's great so I love good. that and Same, it smells yeah. amazing yeah and isn't it I find clove the same um, and I, I I use cinnamon and clove on my kids but for different reasons because it's mm-hmm. so warming and mm-hmm. it's so uh nurturing in in that sort of capacity as well it is it's a it's an all-rounder mm. <laughs> I've just had a craving for a chai latte I'm just gonna say yeah. <laughs> yeah. coming into cooler weather yeah you know. <laughs> we are asked to embody like physically if it's something that our body wants like so say you do your body is asking you to step into abundance a lot of the times too, like physically putting something like that into your body can be mm-hmm. a really helpful way to, to embody it. So eating cinnamon or eating basil, that's really good for abundance as well. Mm. Um, if it's calling to you, um, that sort of physically putting it into your body is a really great way to yeah, embody it. <laughs> Perfect yeah. sense. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh, Eat that. it, slap it on, do whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Now, do you have anything brewing that you would like to share with our podcast coven? And how can everyone find you and your amazing work? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. So, um, the Aquarian Method, the next, the next round. So they are live rounds. The next round starts um, on May nine. Uh, so. Yeah, if anyone wants more information about that, you can find me at the Aquarian Method on Instagram or uh, the Aquarian Method just typed into Google. (laughs) We'll bring it up. Um, But I'm also doing, for people that are sort of interested in what I do or looking to learn a little bit more about it, I am going to offer um, in the next couple of weeks uh, like a free four-day experience where it's uh it's called ask believe action receive and I take you through really the foundations of manifestation and and let's see if we can sort of get you to have some big shifts in your own life uh over those four days as small as that time is I really think that uh we can get some stuff happening for people and often just having uh, or seeing firsthand how powerful you are is enough validation for people to be able to move forward or take that that next leap if it's too scary to say yes to the program once you sort of see that it works and that you're having validation it can be a really great stepping stone to to um yeah to to become more powerful and embodied um in that capacity so that will be coming up as well Mm, (laughs) all good things and we'll pop those links as usual in the show notes as well and we'll probably poach you 
to um, have a little sit down and a chat with myself and Tracy on turns over. Turns out she's psychic as well. Yeah, I would love that. Love some info on Reiki, that sort of modality of energy (sighs) healing. We haven't had anyone on the show talking about that. So I'm putting you on the spot, Semi. (laughs) Semi. (laughs) I've been warming you up on the emails, but that would be awesome. Oh, my God. And that's very, yeah, absolutely. Love to. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) You've heard it all now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for joining us, Megan. It's been so wonderful getting to know you um, a bit about what you do and what you offer and your experience and all the questions we've thrown at you. You've well, thank you handled so, so eloquently. Thank you for having me. It's yeah, it is honestly an, an honor and a true manifestation coming to life <laughs> to be able to sit down oh, and talk to you. So thank you so much. So oh, nice. it's been our absolute pleasure. Thank you. Yeah. All right, so you've heard it, guys. Look Megan up wherever she can be found and we'll talk to you later. Bye. We love bringing Turns Out She's a Witch to you each week at no cost. So if you like what you hear, please consider supporting the show by donating to our Patreon. We are a small operation researching, coordinating and producing the show ourselves. Any amount is sincerely appreciated and helps offset the costs of making the show. As a thank you, you'll get access to some beautiful guided meditation recordings, a Patreon shout out on the podcast. There's monthly live Q&As, competitions and giveaways, as well as a special book and movie review bonus episodes. For more details, please click the link in the show notes. Of course, if you want to get in touch, send us an email at tospsychic at gmail.com. As always, we welcome your questions. We'd love it if you left a review and shared the podcast with your family and friends and give us a follow over on Insta at turnsout underscore she's a witch. Until next time, thanks for listening and being a part of our podcast coven. Bye.